Te Maria ko tahuri mai ki tēnei hōtaka o te reo irirangi o Aotearoa, he mihi mana hau tēnei kia koutou katoa. Kāre e kore ko te kaupapa o te rā nei ko te whakawhanaunga tanga me te manaaki tangata. Nā reira, meri kirihime te kia tātou katoa. As we wind down the show this year, we take a look back at some of the stories we've covered. From the launch of a Māori Science Academy for young students... I learned about the experiments they did yep. and it was quite interesting about the NASA speech. To analysing the Māori guitar strum. Give us an A. Give us a G. A minor. And um, used to do all this. Or how an Englishman became the principal of a kurakaupapa Māori. He heard I'd just come back from Kurareo and said, I'm never going to speak English to you, and he never did. Um, and I think the basis for me of my uh, my journey in the reo is this collection of mentors, teachers and friends. Ko tēnei te hōtaka whakamutunga mo te tau nei. It's the final episode of Te Ahikā for the year. Nō reira e te whānau, kia maumai te rongo, ko Justin Murray, ahau. Mana Vortier's Road to NASA inspired many young students from across the country at the launch of Puhoro Science Academy, an initiative by Massey University. Mana is an aerospace engineer at NASA and he also wants to be the first Māori astronaut in space. It was a career that required persistence and a lot of hard work. As far back as I can remember, and, and my family will tell me the same thing, uh, right from... I don't know, probably when I was back in nappies. I <laughs> just looked up at the night sky and just uh, wanted to to know more about it, wanted to, to go out there and explore it. And so growing up in New Zealand, I had no idea how that might ever be possible. After um, I graduated high school, did a year at Auckland University, uh, went on a two-year mission for my church, came back, worked for another year to save up money, and then applied to attend university in the United States. With a space shuttle launch, the um, closest you can anyone can get uh, is three miles, about five kilometers away from the actual launch pad. Right. And that's um, if you have special access or, or special permission to get that close. Uh, most people are uh, 10, 15 kilometers away from the actual launch pad. Um, I was lucky enough to be one of the people that got to uh, watch it from about five kilometers away. And the question or the part about the, the wearing the glasses, it's hard to describe just how bright the flame is 
from the solid rocket boosters um, as the space shuttle um, ascends. It really is so bright that if you were to just fo- look at the the flame, um, you'd end up with a bright spot um, in your eye for for a little while. Trade of New Zealand's Te Wakatoi Awards paid tribute to Māori whose service to the language and the arts was acknowledged at their annual black tie event. This year they honoured two kuia, one nō ngai tūhoi and the other nō ngāti kahungunu. Liz Hankin learned the Māori language learning method te from Katsarina Mataira and Ngoi Pēwhairangi. Liz even taught the language to her late Australian husband, Graham. In fact, he was one of her first pupils. Today, Liz says those who are fluent in the language need to exercise care and patience for those who are in the early stages of their learning. Puta chika, kia chika te rere o te reo. Was it kia rere, kia tika, kia Māori? <laughs> Uh, aroha to kia ratau, um, you know, uh, awhuna hi atu ratau. Uh, ko te mea nui kia kei te pirani koe, kia pirangi mai ratau ki tō tātou reo. Because that confidence is just kind of shut down. It and, does, it yeah. does. They just lose confidence. They don't want to speak the reo. And here we are we're saying, why is it? And really sometimes we have to blame ourselves. Mātou nā mea pakeke mōhi wana ki te reo, um, kia kaha tātou ki te awhi, ki te poi poi mā tātou tamariki. I really do believe that sometimes we are very damaging. Once their confidence is gone, it takes a long time to rebuild again. This year, regional kapahaka competitions were held across the country. The winners cement their place at next year's Te Matatini. The Matatua Kapahaka event was held in Ruatoki over two days. The Makarini Temara is a composer and a tutor. He says performing arts is always an extension of the language. Uh, kapahaka is a, uh, uh, a fibre of the uh, Tereo. Uh, it is one of the strands that uh, certainly that uh, Mātātua has a very strong view uh, with regards to te reo uh, within uh, Māori performing arts. Uh, certainly in the uh, Huiahure or Tūhoi, we have a saying here, ko te reo te pau tāwha e iriai nā kawa nā tikana tērā atehi. So it's only by... Uh, uh, having the real, knowing the real, using the real, uh, that um, all treasures of uh, Te Ao Māori, and indeed Tūhoe, uh, and in this case today, the Mātātu Arohe. Kia ora te mākarini temra. Staying with the Kapahaka stage with a slight twist, this year we sat down for a chat with former Kapahaka tutor Trevor Maxwell to talk about the guitar or the Jinga Jack or Janga Jack guitar Māori strumming style. That's what it's been described as. We looked into it further with Dr Michael Brown, curator music at Alexander Turnbull Library in Wellington, who wrote a thesis about it. Everybody sing a Māori song The tunes are simple, try and sing along The ukulele it will play for 
I did a, a series of case studies of different kinds of New Zealand music um, of this, this sort of informal dimension, what I called in the thesis vernacular music. Um, the particular case study of, of interest to us is one that I uh, did about the Māori strumming style, or it might be called the Māori strum. Um, people have a lot of different names for it, but it is a uh, way of playing guitar that um, is very popular in New Zealand. It's been around for a long time. It's a, so it's a very pervasive style um, in our country, and I would, I would go so far as to say it's probably the most popular guitar style that's come out of New Zealand. I don't think there's many it's... other contenders, really. Well, I think that it's um, crossed over uh, into... Uh, the sort of Pākehā musical world in quite a big way as well. Um, but then again, you know, I'd say it's still predominantly associated with, with Māori music. There were some good guitarists around, and, um, you know, when we grew up in the Beatle era, and they brought out George Harrison, uh, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, they, they were playing in chords that we'd never touched before and changing to various things. And uh, even like now how some people go to Michael Jackson's tunes and one of the things I'm quite proud of, and they're all good, Howie is a very good guitarist. He's gone way past me, but I taught them all. Taught Howie, taught Tim, taught my son Enia, and I used to play tricks on them. We'd have our own little whānau rehearsals on the lawn. Then I'd get the boys aside for guitars. Then they would take the girls for their poise. And Tim and them would have about three or four guitars. And I'd go up the scale on the show. Right, follow me. E, F, F sharp, G, uh, A flat, A, B flat, B, C. And I used to test them. With, with knowing where the chord structure is because it's good to be able to say to them give us a C it's a C or give us an A give us a G A minor Kia ora, Dr Michael Brown and Trevor Maxwell A story covered this year by one of our contributors, Jerem Svetanovich, got quite a few shares from our Facebook page. The series was about Pākehā who worked or associated largely with the Māori culture and language. Mark Bradley is an Englishman that came to New Zealand to play rugby and ended up learning te reo Māori. He says it grew into an obsession. Today, Mark, who was born in Surrey and still possesses an accent, is the principal of a total immersion kurakaupapa school in Wellington. Today he's catching up with Year 11 students in between classes. It's a natural level of fluency that Mark's acquired with dedication and years of practice. The desire to be fluent in te reo Māori goes back to a level two Māori language lecture at Victoria University. We had a two-hour lecture in the marae. She must have used five words of English during the whole two hours, and basically she was just explaining the course outline, which was written entirely in Māori. Uh, and the, the level of anxiety in the marae was palpable for these poor students who had come through learning Māori at school certificate through to bursary level 
but during that lecture, I said, I want that. I want to be able to do that. You know, I don't want to just pick up pieces and learn a few words. I want to be able to fully communicate. So at the end of that year, I went to my first kurareo. I hitched um, from from the railway station in Hastings, um, mistakenly believing that Waimatama Marae was close. It wasn't. Um, but at the end of that, not only had I met a whole new group of friends uh, and our first meeting was in Māori, but when I went back to university, my lecturer that year was Bebs, uh, John Te Makarini Temara. He heard I'd just come back from Kurareo and said, I'm never going to speak English to you, and he never did. Um, and I think the basis for me of my uh, my journey in the real is this collection of mentors, teachers and friends who, who's, who my connection with them is through te reo. And so wherever we meet, um, we would only speak Māori. Spectrum is a documentary series that had a 44-year run on RNZ. The show came to an end this year. In 1978, Hop Owen sat down with the late Dame Fina Cooper. She told him her life story in the two-part series Hiria Te Tangata Ki Te Whenua, Bind the People to the Land. Jack Perkins, the other Spectrum producer, reenacted the Battle of Pukehinehina Gate Pa in the episode All the Queen's Men. Now you can listen to this audio on the website rnz.co.nz. Tiahika paid tribute to Spectrum and featured part of this episode recorded in Tiararua in 1989 just after Cyclone Bola. This is one area where we certainly are wealthy in, in my view. We have a number of marae here that service our needs in terms of uh, our social needs, our spiritual needs and our our communal needs. The marae does provide the basis for this and I believe that because of the wealth that's available in terms of the marae, our komatua and other resource people uh, in our community, that aspect would have the most influential uh, determining for our young people. Anaru Painga skipped to his friends, local headmaster. And here's his predecessor, Bob McConnell. I like Te Araroa. I like the people here. I don't think I could live anywhere else now after, after all these years. It's pretty good. This hill up here, really, I, sh- I always like to think it has an influence on the town. This is Fetu Matarau. And, uh, Which means? Star with many points. Uh, the... The name was supposed to be have an appendix, my tafiti, which means brought from afar. Now, the old name for Tiaroro was Kawakawa, my tafiti. A lot of Maori names around here have my tafiti after them, meaning brought from afar. Names came from, with, with Maoris coming from, from far distant places. But Fetumatarau uh, uh, was a, a refuge pa during the raids of the North Auckland Maori, Ngapuhi, in the about 100 and 160 years ago and uh, everybody Fetumatarau is, is their sort of symbol for Te Araroa. anyone uh, 
coming. They look out for that hill. They know their home. You know, sort of symbolic of the place. Kia ora. Spectrum founder and producer Hop Owen with that episode uh, where he interviewed people in Te Araroa in 1989. <laughs> Māori cultural and sexual identity was the theme of the book Takatāpui, A Place of Standing. The book launch coincided with Hui Takatāpui, that's the National Conference, and 30 years since the Homosexual Law Reform Bill was passed. The book features a mix of stories from all walks of life and standing in the community. Stacey Kirapa shared her personal story about being Takatāpui, and she also worked on the book alongside Jordan Harris, Programme Manager at the New Zealand AIDS Foundation. It wasn't until the passing of what we call our drag mothers, many of us um, from Mairano, we've had um, an experience of growing up with a mother or a drag mother that's someone who's not paternal or maternal to us. And they've taken them us under their wings and taught us how to be who we are today. And from her passing, and her name was Wetoria Drake, and um, from that passing, and Wetoria's in that book, uh, before she passed, all of the house members were summoned to her room and we were all given instruction and we were all had our final words with her. And um, she passed while I was down at home and then I received the fourth phone call to return to Auckland, so I did. And I was grateful for that. But one of those um, particular kōrero that she gave me was, if you're going to become a woman, you know, there's no going back. You drop that side and you take up this. And if it means going to karanga, well, haere koe te karanga. And it was like, oh, okay, how's this one going to work? Thanks for dropping me into it. Yeah, all right, let's go. And um, I became um, I became a representative of my whare, of my, um, of basically my, my tūpuna, who was we Tōria. You know, so we, all the things that would be considered a tikanga, you know, they were covered through we Tōria, actually giving us those mantles. But she was very quite, quite clear that it wasn't going to be an easy road and um, that I would like anything else within the GLBTIQA community. Um, face many controversies and um, there's going to be a lot of hate out there but you know you'll probably find that there's going to be a bit of acceptance as well and so that's how um, I evolved into Mahi Karanga and became a representative of not only my house but also the remaining living members. Kia ora Stacey Kirapa. Jock McEwen's legacy is very much alive at Orongomai Marae in Upper Hutt. There's the carvings inside the main meeting house, Kapahaka Group Mawai Hakuna, and the Māori text he edited alongside the late Sir Apirananata, not to mention the Nguyen, the first ever Nguyen dictionary he wrote when he spent time there as the resident commissioner in 1953. His daughter-in-law, Mary McEwen, wrote Teoka, Pākehā Komatua, the biography of Jock McEwen, released this year. During his tangi, of course, most of the speeches were in te reo, which I don't speak. Um, and I had already written a biography of my own father, and I just realised from all the wonderful things that were said about Jock at the funeral and the tangi, that he really was a totally unique human being, and that was what got me going. Jock actually started school before he was five because his older brother had started school and he didn't have anybody to play with, so 
he walked across and entered the school and they didn't have the heart to send him away. So he started that school very young. And many of the children were Maori. And at that time, uh, whereas in some schools children were not allowed to speak Maori in school, this was not a native school, and so that rule didn't apply. And Jock's father, Malcolm, who was the headmaster, spoke a bit of Maori himself, and he uh, was quite happy for the children in the playground to speak Maori. So Jock started started to speak Te Reo, and he became incredibly fascinated by everything to do with Maori. Dr. Mary McEwen. This year I produced a four-part series that analysed four whakatauki or whakatauaki. One included kāre te kumara e kōrero ana motona akereka, or the kumara doesn't brag about its sweetness. Now to Māori in the Māori community, this means that one shouldn't be seen to be boastful. Some disagree with the saying and that it holds a person back from talking about their achievements, while others agree that it's simply about practising humility. To be humble. But what is it to be humble? Every iwi, every person can have their own interpretation. So that, that whole saying around um, the kumara does not um, speak about its own sweetness is really about humility, about being humble when required to be humble. And that may take a number of forms. Um, people may think that being still and quiet and um, insignificant is about being humble, when in fact it might be the opposite. We don't know. It depends on the situation. What it, yeah, humility is about ensuring that others are, are looked after and respected. We lost many po or leaders in the Māori community this year. Tiahika acknowledges their whānau, their families. So a big thank you to all those who work behind the scenes of the show, the engineers, of course, Jason McClelland, Mark Chesterman, William Saunders, Phil Benj, JR, 
the guys in the control room, Namhi Kia Kia Koto, uh, the web operators and the website team, Nakoto Tine Hotaka Ifakaniko, Ote Epurangi. Thank you for your work. That's Tiahi Ka for 2016. The show will return on January 29th in the new year. Noraira Merikirihi Mete Mingamihi Otetau Ho. Have a great Christmas and summer holiday. Matewa. Sunshine on the water is still golden, though the water keeps on moving. And you would smile just as easily if you could see what I see. Wild and unruly is as worthy of attention as calm and undemanding. And you have my attention, not just now, but forever willingly. Oh, and what is now familiar when you go, will go with you. Hold on to the beauty that you know. And please remember to Like sunshine on the water, you were golden, no matter where you are. They say love can move a mountain, well yours is here forever, waiting just to claim you. And you can climb as high as you must go, to see the ocean meet the sky. Sometimes we are dreamers, now and then believers. Hold on to memory and hope. And please remember to hold your head high. If you Like sunshine on the water, you were golden, no matter where you are. Pupuritya, wawataya, tomotsu haketanga. Koe ware ware tia, koe rangiruae hika pupuritya. Like sunshine on the water, you were golden, no matter where you are.